From your local Houston BMW Center Studios, welcome to the Public Affairs Podcast, addressing local issues that affect our nation and shape our world. I'm your host, KG Smooth, and uh, it's it's a new month. It's April, so if it's April, when I think of the month of April, I automatically think of Black Restaurant Week. And Black Restaurant Weeks uh, is here. It kicked off on Friday, and it's going through April 10th. And on the phone line, I have the founder and the creator of Black Restaurant Week on the line with me, Mr. Warren Luckett, back on the Public Affairs Podcast. Bro, it's been a long time. How have you been? No, wait, let me let me ask this. How are you feeling? I'm feeling blessed. I'm feeling blessed. I'm feeling favored and, and just happy to be here again for year number seven. KZ, I can't believe, you know, we're back here for for our seventh year. We just want to thank you and, and, and everyone, all the listeners, for all of y'all's support throughout the years. Because without the community, Houston Black Restaurant Week would not be what it is. It would not be been able to have the impact that it's had within the black culinary community thus far. Yeah, it's nothing to scoff at. Seven years. Congratulations on that. Uh, Houston, Galveston, and Beaumont that we'll be focusing on this week. But you all each year have taken it nationwide with Black Restaurant Week's in New Orleans and Atlanta and um, um, is LA, LA, I believe, right? That That's it, man. We're, we've been so fortunate to be able to grow this brand across the continental United States. Last year in 2021, we were fortunate enough to celebrate over 1,200 Black-owned uh, restaurants, bars, uh, food trucks throughout the nation, even into Toronto. Last year, we had an opportunity to, to, to do our first international market. But Houston has always been home. Houston is always where this has started. And Houston always is truly the best representation of the diversity of black culinary cuisine in this country. Man, uh, Toronto. I didn't know about Toronto. Yes, no, we did. Toronto last year was an amazing market. As, as a, a lot of folks know, Toronto had just this amazing mix of African and, and Caribbean influence and culture. And it was really represented with the diversity of Jamaican spots and African spots that participated in the inaugural Toronto Black Restaurant Week campaign last year. Mm-hmm. Now, um, you know, we got a lot of transplants here in Houston, Warren. I mean, just yes. the, the influx of folks that have moved to the state of Texas, particularly uh, the city of Houston, has been has been wild. Um, so for those who may not be familiar with Black Restaurant Week, all of the new folks that are here that are listening, um, tell them what it is and the inspiration behind it. Restaurant Week is really just a showcase of the diversity of African, African American, and Caribbean cuisine in Houston. And so for 10 days, starting today, April the 1st through April the 10th, you all will have an opportunity to patronize a, a plethora of different establishments within the Houston, Beaumont, and Galveston area. We want everybody to go to blackrestaurantweeks.com to check out a full listing of participating restaurants that are participating in the campaign. When you get to the website, you can filter based on your zip code, your dietary restrictions, or even the cuisine type that you're you're looking to eat uh, for that uh, specific day. Some of the restaurants are are offering specials that are noted on the websites as well. Now, you all have, um, you got something different. Like each year, there's there's just been this gradual progression of Black Restaurant Week. I mean, just from restaurants to um, to food trucks, 
Um, y'all tapped in on the on on the dessert side of it with uh, sweets and everything. So, what is the new thing for this year, Warren? Well, this year is it, making this thing more than just a week. And, and our commitment to uh, to the restaurant owners is to create a platform for them that extends more than just April first through the tenth. And so, whether that's going to be our our, our nice catering competition that you've uh, been our, our amazing host at. So many times we'll finally be back uh, at the convention center uh, this June, June the 10th. Uh, we also have our nonprofit uh, Feed the Soul Foundation that awarded $10,000 grants to 25 different businesses across the country. Uh, a good number of those businesses are located right here in Houston, Texas. And so for Black Restaurant Week, we, we want to be known as a campaign that uh, lasts longer than just amazing days in april when you can try different uh different restaurants but just understanding that we're going to be providing the city and community amazing black culinary events throughout the year man um i'm putting my bid in right now i am available on friday june 10th for panache once again i mean that was a, i had such an, an amazing time hosting that and when i go through my camera roll and i look back or if i get um a notification on a memory and that pops up it, it is just, it is so fun and so um, educational. And I think that's the big yeah. thing about Black Restaurant Week, the education of it. You all are bringing, you know, the cuisines from African-American, and I'm using air quotes when I say that, cuisine to African cuisine to um, Caribbean um, cuisine, because a lot of the uh, dishes that we make, it's called by another name in another culture, right. but when you simplify it, like, oh, jollof rice, that ain't nothing, that ain't nothing, but you know, rice and peas or rice and beans, and That's then right. you know, black folks That's are like, right. oh, oh, okay, well then I might, you know, uh, I can I can mess with that, you know. Um, so I I think the educational aspect of it is just amazing. Was that uh, intentional with it, or that was just something that kind of fell into place with all of the things that are Black Restaurant Week? It was very much intentional. Even when we look back at how Black Restaurant we started in 2016, a big part of it was just trying to protect our, our culture and our and our contributions as Black folks to cuisine in this country. But when you start to look around at a lot of the different new American restaurants that are popping up across the country, you start seeing them offering shrimp and grits. Then we know that there's nothing new American about shrimp and grits. These are our contributions that we want to protect. You know, we we've seen other cultures take our music and our fashion, and we just wanted to have a platform that we could really take true ownership of of the things that we're doing in the culinary space. You know, folks want to say that we only love soul food and we have some of the most amazing soul food in the world, but we're also, I think, some of the most cre- creative uh, architects of what vegan food is looking like in this, oh, in yeah. this country. And there's plenty of vegan restaurants right here in, in, in Houston that, that showcase the creativity of what the vegan scene and, and movement is, is going to look like uh, going into the future. Nice. Um, so this year, well, for, let me do a quick reset. You're listening to the Public Affairs Podcast. We are talking to Warren Luckett, uh, the founder and creator of Black Restaurant Week, which uh, is going on right now through April the 10th. And... Um, you can experience and celebrate black culinary excellence uh, with Houston Black Restaurant Week. This year, you all are um, y'all giving out some money this year. Like, what what is this cash prize about, Warren? 
so so we are giving out some money because it, it's only you know Black Restaurant Week if we get the support and the help from the community. And so we need everybody listening to go to our website, blackrestaurantweeks.com, and vote on their favorite participating restaurants. We have this uh, cool interactive uh, voting series called the Black Plate Awards where we vote on the best black restaurant, the best black casual establishment, the best experience, which is your favorite uh, brunch and, 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 and happy hour. But we're going to be picking one of our, our voters uh, to win $500 cash prize. So all you got to do is, is go online and vote, and, and you'll have a chance to win uh, win the $500 cash. All right. So go online. Log on to uh, the site Black Restaurant Weeks. That's weeks with an S, blackrestaurantweeks.com. Uh, to get all of that information. Uh, personally, what is your favorite part about Black Restaurant Week? Just seeing, just reading one, it's probably just spelling the, the notions that black folks only know how to make one type of food mm-hmm. or that, you know, that that this pandemic has, has just crushed the black culinary industry. It's, it's been quite the opposite, particularly in Houston. We've seen so many new establishments pop up that are so unique. Everyone from like Dandelion Cafe, that is an amazing take on Southern cuisine, to even Chef Boy opening up Rare, which is one of the the, the top black steakhouses in this country. Just being able to see the resurgency of of uh, the community, the resurgency of, of the culinary team and creating new concepts. Yeah, and the fact that we are um, back in person you know, with everything, with these last, you know, two years of kind of doing it virtually, or at least some folks weren't totally comfortable with uh, going out and being amongst amongst folks. Um, but we have definitely uh, passed that. So uh, shout out to Vladimir Putin for ending COVID. Um, but... Um, <laughs> <laughs> but... Our, um, <laughs> Yeah, this feels good to be back um, in, in person. What should um, tell the people what they should do for this week? They should really just log on to our website and, and patronize uh, some of their favorite restaurants. And if there's some restaurants that they've been wanting to try, this is an amazing opportunity to do so. Uh, and as you mentioned, KG, man, we want everybody to go on our website and, and, and vote for their favorite for the Black Plate Awards to have a chance at, uh, at, at winning that, that cash. Now, I will say, if you'll have us, man, we'd love to have you back on uh, on June 10th for the catering competition. And Bro, we'd love to have everybody love listening to. come out as well because you know how fun that event is. It's, it's just an amazing collection of food, uh, vibes, a good time. You know what it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you know the vibes. Um, I am absolutely available. Um, I would love to be the host for that uh, once again because if I'm being totally transparent – Hosting Panache was such a. I, I knew that I wanted to go into um, television and, and 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 be a host, but you all hire me for that gig and how much fun I had and the incredible Kim Gagne who was the um, uh, who yes. was the producer yes. who had me like that let me know that I could really do this TV hosting thing and just how the whole setup was on the stage with the cooks there and the audience, the interaction, me asking the question as the cook, you know, makes the, the preps, the, the dish. It was just, it's absolutely, it was so, Oh man, I'm tingling. Just thinking about it. Like I, I can't wait. Like that is 
absolutely for me the highlight of Black Restaurant Week. So why so so why is this happening in June? And so it, it just plays into Black Restaurant Week being more than just a week. More, I think oh. with over a hundred participating restaurants participating in the campaign, we want the community to be able to just focus on going to those restaurants during that week, but still have some amazing culinary events to look forward to uh, coming up here in the, in the future. And so by spreading out our events, it really allows the community to really just focus on going to the restaurants from April 1st through the 10th, but still have some amazing events to look forward to coming up down the road. I love that. Uh, Black Restaurant Week, more than just a week. <laughs> it's more than just a week. I, I love that. So y'all log on to the site, blackrestaurantweeks.com. They've got um, all things Black Restaurant Week, uh, more than just a week here in Houston, uh, from the directory of all of the restaurants, um, to registration, of course, for you to uh, vote for your favorite for the Black Plate Awards, uh, which uh, that will be. Uh, when when will you all be giving out that award? Be giving out that award on Monday the 11th. Okay, so the so last the day after the campaign ends, we'll be uh, announcing our, our, our lucky winner uh, with the winners of the Black Plate Awards as well. All right, so we um. Definitely log on and vote for your favorite plate and um, and just get those cards. I remember last year y'all had some uh, cards, like the little bingo card joints. Is um, it, Are you guys doing that this year? No, we're not going to be doing the bingo cards this year, uh, but we, we encourage everybody just to go to our Instagram page and Facebook uh, just to see all the cool things that we have going on. I will add what is new for this year is we have added uh, Black Restaurant Week TV, so if you go to our website, you'll be able to see some amazing uh, videos of uh, celebrating the stories of different uh, restaurant tours throughout the country. You'll be able to see uh, the episodes of our national bartending competition that we, we hosted last year. Shout out to Ed uh, from Houston that represented and made it all the way to the, to the final four. Uh, of the National Bartending Competition. And so uh, that has a, just a bunch of cool new content that we're excited to put out. Indeed. Warren Luckin, the founder, creator of Black Restaurant Week uh, that is happening right now through April the 10th. Log on to blackrestaurantweeks.com. That's blackrestaurantweeks with an S.com. Get all of the information uh, there. Vote for your favorite restaurant for the Black Plate Awards. And, uh, and check out all the participating restaurants. And then also, well, Warren, one of y'all, y'all going to have to come back for when uh, Panache goes down in, in June uh, so we can, you know, big that up again. That's, that's a done deal. Uh, we, we, we can't wait. We can't wait to have you back, for sure. For sure. Absolutely. Man, thank you for your time, my bro. I really appreciate it. It's and good to hear from you. It's been so long since I talked to you, since I saw you. Likewise, long, man. I know, right? Indeed. Thank you, bro. All right, and for everyone right. listening to the podcast, we will be right back after this. From your local Houston BMW Center Studios, welcome back to the Public Affairs Podcast, addressing local issues that affect our nation and shape our world. I'm your host, KG Smooth. Uncle Funky Larry Jones will be joining us in a little bit. But uh, this conversation this morning is going to be a great one. You know, everybody uh, is a boss. Everybody proclaims to be a boss. I actually have a couple who are true bosses and are really doing it. They're wealth creators, they are entrepreneurs, and they are authors of the book Chasing Empire. Please welcome Jessica and David Martin to the Public Affairs Podcast. How y'all doing? 
Hey, how you Wonderful. doing? Thank you for having Man, thank you Thanks all. So much. Thank you all for being here. Um, very, very um, fascinating story, and and I love the story because it's a hood story. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? I mean, from David uh, raising the three girls as a single husband, as you know, Jessica was away, and then I, I see how you say um, he, uh, <laughs> he, he 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 was your D boy. And uh, (laughs) you really thought he was trying to chase you down. So I just I just just love that aspect um, of it. So just real quick, like, oh, tell us your love story. (laughs) Okay, well, me and David met about seven years ago um, at a gas station here in Houston, Texas. And it was funny because he did ended up being my weed man, um, that's how we <laughs> that's how we actually encountered and met each other. And then we started kind of dating from there uh, when we both found out that we were both from Illinois, living here in Houston, Texas. So um, we had an instant connection, you know, from, uh, you know, both of our families being from Chicago and right outside of Chicago. Uh, so we started dating and then it was going up and down from there because we were battling with chasing seriously the empire. Um, just like we wrote in our book, um, we, it, we had so many ups and downs and trials and tribulations. We were both in different lanes that really caused us to, to have to do jail time. Um, and even I think after maybe two or three weeks after meeting David, I went to jail for, uh, just having uh, different things on me that I wasn't supposed to have on me. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and I ended up going to jail and he ended up staying with the kids for about two weeks. And I got out at that point and we started doing better. Um, but me and him both was, were making a lot of money when we met. So it was just not the right type of money. Mm-hmm. Um, even mm-hmm. though we were in different lanes. Yeah. And um, doing different things that we were not very proud of. But we made a lot of money doing it, so it was hard to get out of it. So that's when we wanted to write our book and, you know, let people know that they could still build the dream together and still chase the empire and get out of that circle of um, just doing things that they're not supposed to to try to make money and do it the right that way. Short mindset. I'm sorry. We want to get people out of that short mindset. You know, as me and her coming from the hood and – being from Chicago and all these situations, you know, people like still to this day, like right now, I own a trucking company, but because like I wear jewelry and how I'm dressed, uh, some people be thinking like I'm a rapper and all type of stuff. Like it's just a stereotype, but we want to let people know that your mind can go just as far as you, you know, always believe in yourself and, and think that change is here now. Like we, we, we are the voice. You do have a voice right now, you know, back in the day that it wasn't so much a voice of opinion, but now we have our own voices to be bosses and be able to create for our kids and, and other generational wealth to where we can move and do different things, the aspects. Uh, but that's what we're trying to create to show other people that they can also do it. No matter what, what you go through in life that just keep pushing and keep going. And like, uh, you do face diversity um, and then other situations like jail and all that. And people, you know, it's hard to find a job after you've been incarcerated and stuff like that. But come with us. We do give second chances. We do give hope. 
um you know yeah i love i, I love it because see first of all you was um uh, talking that God talk, like once you do the inner work and you realize that everything, you know, starts and begins with you. And then y'all looked in internally, was very self-aware that, you know, what I ain't doing ain't, this ain't the right way, even though, you know, it's providing me with the life that I want for right now, but I can't live with the rest of this guilt because I know that I'm doing bad. So let me let me dig deeper and turn it around and do it the right way. So that's very, that's beyond admirable to like realize that because a lot of folks would have stayed in the game and, and, and still, you know, moving the way that they were Definitely. moving. Definitely because my wife, she is very uh, spiritual. Like she's very spiritual, more more so than I am. But like she keep me on track and keep me on task. And that's what we have. A, that's why we have a great relationship. And, you know, Cause she, the the good definitely outweighs the bad with us. Absolutely. What was it? What was that turning point that you all both consciously decided to turn from the streets and do it the right way? Well, with me, um, with me, it's just like the disloyalness, like come with with the streets, you know, and and then dealing with drugs and all that, it's a lot come over the overhead. The overhead is a lot. Like you gotta worry about getting robbed, which I also like, which happened to me. Like mm-hmm. it, I got robbed probably like three days before my my daughter was born. Mm-hmm. So and, and like they could have took my life, but it, it did a turning point for me. That that really changed me and my outcome also. So uh, looking at things, it wasn't just so much about the money then. Well, how about for yeah. you, Jessica? For me, it was when I had to turn myself into prison the day after my wedding. Um, the, really, the, I was kind of forced into signing an agreement, or they would not the the DA would not let me get married. So I signed for prison, and I promised them that I would turn myself in the next day after I got married, and that was the turning point for me. It was the hardest thing I ever had to do. I had to leave my husband, my newlywed husband. That was my honeymoon was walking into that prison mm-hmm. um, for six months. Um, I, I sat there during Hurricane Harvey. I could not speak to my family for three months. Um, I had a nine month old baby when I turned myself into prison. So I knew at that point that I could, I had to change. Um, and I started repairing uh, the women in prison. I started repairing their credit, and I started having them write letters to um, the credit bureaus and requesting that they get their documents together and repair and uh, straighten out their credit legally. And, and I just went in there with a business plan. I wrote out my business plan. I created a, a multi-million dollar now credit repair company right from prison. When I walked out of that prison, I said I was never going to touch nothing again that I was not supposed to or have anything to do with uh, things that I was not supposed to have anything to do with. And I opened up a tax firm. And this year, our tax firm is headed. We're going to definitely make a million dollars this year, um, just in these four months of tax season. And I, I just got out three and a half years ago. So that really, having to sit down like that, um, I used to write letters to God while I was sitting in prison. And they had my out date even wrong. So I was, it was so many obstacles that was thrown at me at that time that I thought that I was going to break, but I did not break. And I really found my place and I, I found my purpose. And that's what really, really was my turning point. 
Indeed. You're listening to the Public Affairs Podcast. We're talking to Jessica and David Martin, um, some dope individuals as you're listening to their story, wealth creators, entrepreneurs, and authors of the book, Chasing the Empire, which is uh, available now. What was the uh, inspiration behind you two uh, wanting to write a book together? Well, I believe it was was our story about um, our wedding. We actually got married where Barack Obama and Michelle Obama got married at. We had a very lavish wedding in Chicago. Um, And the fact that I had to turn myself into prison, our wedding party didn't even know. Um, They didn't even find out until like a month after I turned myself in. We didn't want we didn't want our wedding to be like down and right. you know That'd be a everybody kept saying yes everybody kept saying you guys need to write a book you guys need to write a book we want to know how did you guys do this and come back legally you know so and legally come back on top and uh, we wanted to express that and let people know how we did that and it's available on Amazon and Barnes and Noble so we got it on a lot of different platforms so is the so book more uh, autobiographical uh, is it like an autobiography or is it more like a novel um, or that, how would you uh, describe the book how y'all wrote it a oh, definitely an autobiography <laughs> yeah because okay. it, it, <laughs> it's a true story <laughs> a, a true sto- short story for us <laughs> mm-hmm. nice mm-hmm. and um and chasing the empire like what does that mean or what I mean, did it mean it's chasing, <laughs> chasing the dream of living the reality i mean like like she said we literally like i was selling drugs uh that's we were doing like a lot of illegal stuff like literally trying to trace our dreams to getting to where we are now um, I'm comfortable, satisfied, but like we was in times and, and points like we was locked up in the same time type situation. Like she'll be locked up, I'll be locked up, like trying to get each other out of jail, and mm-hmm. we'll both be locked up at the same time. So with that that being said, is we really was chasing the empire, trying to chase and build and change our lives, and we thought by doing it any kind of way was the way to go about it when we just literally could have sat down, put our minds together, what we did, and create legalness well. Mm-hmm. So now that y'all are on uh, the other side and successful businesses with the tax business, with the, the trucking company, um, all of the things that you all have um, going on, what has been so far the biggest lesson in all of this? Um, the biggest lesson for me was definitely to write the vision and make it plain. Mm. Um, a lot of my clients, I tell them there is such a lack of faith nowadays. Um, I really believe that because I was able to write a lot of things that I, I wanted to do and I was going to do when I got out, uh, and it really it came true for me, and I continued to write, and I continued, and we have a planner, too, called the Empire Planner, um, and I teach people how to write out their plans and write out their goals, write out their dreams, and take what God told us and listen to his promises. A lot of times, people do not listen to the promises that God have already given us. 
Um, that's a big, huge problem in our society today. But if we listen to his promises and read his word, we will already know what God has in place for us. I already knew what God had for me. I just had to really have my faith in place and go and get it. Mm-hmm. How about you, Dave? Definitely. I'm saying, like, since I've met Jessica, we've been doing vision boards. Like, people, like, everything that she didn't put on the vision board or I didn't put on the vision board, we, we've done it. Like we, like, we have a vision board that's sitting right here in our room that I'm looking at right now that we're working on. It's working towards. Like, everything that we put on the vision board, we set and make it plain. Man. Like she just said. I love that. I love that because um, a lot of people are um, realizing now that your thoughts really do create your reality. Whatever it is that you want to do or achieve or have in this life, you've got to change your mindset. We've been so programmed. We've been conditioned and programmed to think that we need to look outside of ourselves and turn to somebody else for the answers when, as cliche as it sounds, the answers are all within inside of you. God gave you that yeah. gift of discernment. So if you sit your ass down and be yeah. still and listen to that inner voice within you, which is God, and follow that, you're going to be all right. <laughs> you're you're, you're going to be Okay, the vision board, absolutely. Those those things work because like like you said, Jessica, when you when you write it down, write the vision, make it plain. <laughs> I remember that song growing up uh in the church. Mm-hmm. Um <laughs> when you write the vision and make it plain and especially with y'all when you visually see it and it gets you closer to what it is that you are trying to achieve, like that stuff is going to manifest so fast. You're going to be like, whoa, 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 wait a minute, hold up. Like I ain't even think that it was going to do like that. But you got to be operating and vibrating on a certain frequency to allow that manifestation um, to happen like that. And people don't, um, a lot of people, they haven't gotten that part yet. They haven't gotten it yet that when you operate out of pure love, which is the highest frequency, when your intentions are pure, um, that you can literally manifest whatever it is that you want. You got to stay with that mindset and and um, and keep thinking it and knowing that it's going to happen, not believing in it, knowing yeah. Knowing that it's going to happen, as if it already happened. You know, when I had my spiritual yeah. awakening, um, like December of 2020, actually December 21st of 2020, and I, you know, just started realizing, like, the things that I thought about would happen, and especially the things that I would say out loud that I wanted to happen for me started to happen. Mm-hmm. Y'all, I, it started happening so much that I remember one day I sat in my car because I was shook. I was like, oh, my (laughs) God, like this magic, like magic is real. Like I'm literally like thinking about things and things are happening. And when I say it, like it happens, like it it was so strong and so powerful that I was like, oh, my gosh, like I don't know what to do with this. But then spirit told me, God told me that, but I trust that you won't abuse it. And I was like, "You, you daggone right! I'm not going to abuse it." So y'all are, um, yeah. y'all are inspiration. I'm, I'm glad to hear this from other people 
um, that that get it. Yeah, absolutely. You know, so uh, so what is it that you want uh, the, the the people to take away from um, your book and your story? Well, I definitely want them to take away um, to change the way that they think. If they change their thoughts, that they would change their life. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, to have faith, have have a little bit more faith. You don't even have to have a whole lot of faith. Have a little bit more faith and confidence in what God has promised you, and you will succeed. Um, especially if you work hard toward. Now, you can't have faith without works is dead. So you have to keep working towards it every day. But have faith that it's going to happen for you, and it will happen. I just want people to understand that. Indeed. And you, David? Yeah. Uh, proper preparations prevents poor performance. Always stand on, stand your ground. Always think, think positive of yourself. Never second guess yourself. Um, and you can go further because um, a lot of people stand still. Like they always have a dream, have an idea of doing something, but that dream and idea can go 15 years from now. Like you could still be saying the same dream and idea that you had, and never put it forth to use. So always never second guess yourself. Always believe in yourself. Believe in God. Keep God first. Faith first. And you can do anything. I love it. And we're going to leave it right there. Jessica and David Martin, uh, wealth creators, entrepreneurs, and authors of the book, Chasing the Empire. Hey, y'all, shout out y'all social media so everybody can um, follow you all individually and collectively. Yes, please follow me on Instagram at J E S S Jess Coach Empire. Um, right there in the link in my bio, you can see all of the programs that we have available, our all of our books, our planners, our um credit repair company, the trucking boot camp that we have coming up, everything. You can also follow me on Facebook at Jessica Martin as well, as well as our business pages, Empire U Y O U L L C and uh, Empire Tax Firm, our business pages as well. Indeed. David, did you want and to jump in there or did she cover it all? Okay. No, go ahead. Uh, no, she and you can find me on Instagram at Mr underscore David underscore Martin. Um I'm not too much big on social media like that, but uh and Facebook, you can find me as David Martin on Facebook. Indeed. And tell about the truck babe. And all the all the other companies, she already listed, but we do have a six week truck start boot camp that's coming up March twenty eighth. We do help you set up your company, get your company started. We teach you all the in and out of the trucking industry. So get with me. Get with and me. I can change your life. For sure. Man, thank you all so much for your time and for coming on uh, the Public Affairs Podcast. Uh, shout out to uh, Jasmine Anderson, who uh, hit me up about y'all when she sent um, you all's uh, media kit. I was like, yeah, this is a, this is, this is a great thank you story. Thank so, yeah, no, I, I, I appreciate y'all. The king and queen of the empire, Chasing the Empire, available uh, wherever you buy your books, Barnes & Nobles, yep. Amazon, all that, all that. So um, we appreciate y'all. Much, much success. And I uh, hope y'all come back on the show. Absolutely. Thank you Thank for you having us. No doubt. And on behalf of Uncle Funky Larry Jones, I'm KG Smooth, and we will see you next week.